time to play ball. Welcome to the podcast with no limits. Whether it be sports, current events, or random thoughts, this is the place to step in and stay a while. Your host is a proud alumnus of Rio Hondo Prep, a former minor league baseball umpire, and a man with strong opinions. Welcome to the Get Home Safe podcast and your host, Matt Persima. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Get Home Safe. We have a very special guest today on the program, somebody that I've wanted to talk to for quite some time and somebody that is definitely going to, uh, how should we say, embarrass some of my uh, my good friends today, specifically uh, one of my classmates from the class of 2003. Uh, we're going to be joined today by Mrs. Mara Drain. Uh, she is the matriarch of the Drain family, of course. You guys have heard uh, plenty of talk about Mr. Kendrain. Uh, we did a tribute to him years ago, and uh, so many of his former players uh, uh, have uh, followed uh, his advice over the years and, and really taken his lessons to heart into uh, all aspects of our lives. But uh, today we're going to talk to uh, kind of the woman behind behind the, the drain starting five and the six man, if you will, the, the five kids, of course, uh, my good friend, Devin drain, who I graduated uh, high school with uh, and their four other siblings. Uh, they're probably terrified today because Mrs. Mara drain gets the microphone. She gets a chance to uh, talk freely about her kids. Like she always has, of course. And then um, maybe some insight on coach drain to what, what he's like uh, the family man. I think we all know this. We all know what he's like, but uh, it, it'll it'll be interesting to get a different perspective of Coach Drain and uh, the starting five, the starting five, uh, the five uh, kids in the Drain family. So I'm excited about this. Uh, it was once upon a time where Mrs. Drain and my mother uh, embarrassed the heck out of me and Devin at a at a at a pie auction. I'll let her tell that story, um, but they couldn't wait for uh, for for the opportunity really to to embarrass uh, their their two older sons the uh, when we when we were seniors in 2003 so uh we'll definitely hear that story uh mrs drain um again has um an older brother who was older brother i think it was an older brother anyway a brother uh, nonetheless mike mcgarren who was on this program uh, a few months back um that episode was titled the irishman and mike mcgarren played in the 1977 infamous uh, CIF championship game. So she'll get to embarrass him a little bit. Talk about the McGarren family. I, I'm sure that the Irish pride, right. Uh, that, that will definitely come up. Uh, Mrs. Drain has been uh, a uh, director of the Royal friends program in Cary youth league for quite some time. You can always see her there uh, rolling around her wagon uh, with, with all kinds of stuff, whether it's a, a boom box or, or just uh, uh, some, some stuff that the Royal friends are doing. I don't even know much about the Royal friends program. Cause uh I obviously was on the guy's side of things, but uh, I'm sure she will tell us all about that stuff. And just looking forward to having a conversation with Mrs. Mara Drain here about the Drain family, the McGurin family, uh, RHP, Care Youth League. Um, she's definitely the, the the shining light of the Drain family. She's always smiling. Uh, not that Mr. Drain isn't Mr. Drain. When he smiles and laughs, you know, it's, it's uh, music to my ears, but uh, there's something special about Mrs. Drain, the, the woman behind the scenes. She, I, I, I don't even know if, if I can uh, honestly say behind the scenes. She's at the forefront of uh, of a lot of things in Care Youth League, and and obviously with the the uh, Drain family, who this podcast uh, has a deep deep uh, love for. So let's not burn any more daylight. Let's bring on Mrs. Drain here onto the podcast. Can't wait to chat with her and uh, her her kids. 
hey, this is your time right now to, uh, to, uh, to, uh, I don't know, to <laughs> tread lightly, maybe turn this off. You probably don't want to hear this, but I'm excited for Mrs. Drain to be able to talk about the ins and outs of the Drain family and uh, her experiences with Care Youth, Care Youth League. So let's bring her on the program right now. Here we go, Mrs. Mara Drain. Okay, it is now my privilege to be joined by Mrs. Mara Drain. Uh, Mrs. Drain, it's really good to see you. It's It's been a while. I have a little history with uh, your oldest son, uh, Devin. I obviously played under uh, your husband, uh, uh, Ken Drain. But uh, hey, it, it's good uh, good opportunity for you and I to chat now. Awesome. I remember <laughs> you as a Gator, and the Gators were unbeatable. Devin's team could never beat them. You hear that? You hear that, guys? Uh, this is not, I didn't, I didn't put her up to this. She forwarded this information because it's a fact. Well said, Mrs. Drain. Well said. I don't know. We tried, but anyway, I liked all the boys on the Gators, all Devin's friends, but we could not beat you. So what can we say? That's the truth. Oh, well, that, that gets me, that gets me happy early, early here on the, uh, the podcast. Wow. I didn't expect any of that. Uh, but it, yeah, off, off we go. I, I, I try to never let uh, Devin and the boys forget that. But then we eventually become teammates. We eventually become uh, friends and uh, and away we go. So uh, plenty, plenty to chat about here on the podcast. Uh, Mrs. Drain, have you have you uh, heard or listened to any of the podcasts? Yes. Uh, in the, yeah? Yes. I, w- I listened to many of them. Obviously, the ones my children were on, I listened to. But I mean... I'm pleasantly surprised, Matt, how engaging you are online and, you know, because I knew you when you were younger as a fireball and a fighter and, um, you know, from the Gators. And then as you got older, I just knew when you were part of things, things were going to get done and you were going to put your whole heart into it. And um, your mom and I would joke about that, that you would, sometimes you would inspire Devin to be you know, to get on, on the ball, you know, so it was fun to do things with the parents and the Gators too, because after all we're parents and we want everyone to succeed. No, no, you're, you're right about that. Yeah. It's, it was weird for me, you know, growing up, I was so competitive and, uh, and then, then you become friends with these guys you competed against for so long. And uh, that's just the nature, the beauty really of care youth league and and real Hondo prep. And uh, I I do have uh, some thoughts or memories, I should say, about you and my mother, which we will eventually get to. Uh, but but uh, Mrs. Drain, you're you're the uh, you know you're the head of the Drain family. You got uh, yes. no, yes, you are. Yes, you are. We all know it's uh, uh, you know the, the woman behind the scenes. She she runs things. You got your starting five, and you got your husband, the sixth man. So uh, you got a lot to juggle. I think a lot of people are curious to hear about. Uh, the, the infamous drain family from your perspective. I don't know what, about that, but <laughs> uh, my mom was someone who just, uh, whatever life would throw at you, you just do your best at it. And as well as my dad. And, um, you know, I never thought I'd have five kids. Uh, I never thought I'd marry an older man. Um, but um, I've loved every minute of it. And it's been a journey. Yeah. And yes, sometimes I've been by myself because my husband would go on all the trips. I'd have all the little monsters. So, um, yes, but my parents did help me a lot. Well, what do you raise my kids? 
What do you make of that? Because I, I found that in talking to a lot of people on the podcast is that you hear that story, that that thought so much that I never thought I would do this. I never thought I would do that. But it's kind of like we make our plans. We, we think we know what we're going to do in life. And then God chuckles and throws us something else, right? Well, see, like, you know, I know you won't believe this, but um, I was very shy as a youngster. I never went to an amusement park because I didn't want to be around a lot of people. Not that I had, I was weird that way. I just was very shy. I was tall. I wore glasses. I felt very unattractive. And um, my brother in turn was very athletic. And, you know, my brother's just hilarious. And so I just, um, it took me a while to come out of my shell. And so um, after that, it kind of Mr. Hampton just took an interest in me I have no idea why and like eighth grade my life just kind of blossomed um, yeah I did join Cure Youth in fourth grade after my brother that's what I'm clearing up after my brother my brother joined in second grade because he had a friend Gary something and he joined and I would watch him and then ironically I'd see the drill team marching up and down the driveway and I was thinking I think I could do that and I never was in a drill team, just so you know. But anyway, um, but he joined first, and then I joined. And I remember my first day walking to Carolyn Hall behind this girl who I think didn't like me already because she was, like, walking in front of me and coming to this club meeting, and we made something, and I didn't want to go back. <laughs> but anyway, eventually, um, I was so unfaithful. I wouldn't go to camp, whatever, whatever, whatever. And then my turning point was, uh, I was a sixth grader, we were swimming in the pool in my back, a, a little, you know, above the ground pool. And my dad said, if you want to drop out, you have to go tell Mrs. Johnson yourself. So he drove me down to Care Youth League, sixth grader. Um, I was in the back seat hiding, like, what was that? But anyway, he made me go out in front of concession, I remember this, the candy machines, and I told Mrs. Johnson, I just didn't want to come. And I didn't have any friends and so on and whatnot. But she just put her arm around me and encouraged me. And from that day, I was really faithful. And wow. um, anyway, it's funny. As a ninth grader, I went up to camp. And I was told to give them a tour, the little girls. And I had never been. So I faked it, you know. But anyway, <laughs> that was my beginning of Care Youth League. And um from then on, um, Mr. Hampton took an interest in my family. My dad was very, I don't know if you remember him, very outgoing. My mom was more down to earth, but kind of crazy too. And then um, I ended up being in plays and I stopped wearing glasses and I went to contacts and this is my life just exploded. And then Mrs. Dowd like gave me so much confidence in high school. Like my kids think I'm a terrible athlete. Okay, I'll, I'll give them that. Maybe I'm a terrible athlete. But we didn't start sports until I was a junior. Up until that point, RHP girls only did softball. And we had this meeting in the what is the new weight room. Mrs. Dowd headed it, and we talked about girls being part of sports, playing basketball, volleyball, and softball. And we voted to do it. So we had nine girls in high school at that point. Um, so of course there was no JV. There's everything was just varsity, 
So we all played. But softball, that was crazy because she took all nine of us out there with her husband on Field Zero, which is really the cyber center now. And she just said, okay, let's see what we're going to do. So we we're all doing stuff. And she, early on, she could figure out, I could not feel the ball. I could not feel the ball at all. And so she made me the pitcher. So I was the pitcher and I actually got on all league. They don't, my kids don't believe me. I don't have the trophy anymore, but it wasn't because I was any good, but Mrs. Dow worked with me. But the funny thing is that I was not allowed to feel the ball because I couldn't go pitching underhand to throwing overhand. And I couldn't manage tossing it. I would do it too hard. So if I fielded the ball, I got a $5 fine. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? <laughs> so people would wonder that we play. We won games, but I would just step aside of the ball and let the second baseman or shortstop handle it. And so that was that. But we tied for third in volleyball. And um, basketball, you're going to laugh at this. Mrs. Mr. Dowd helped his wife coach. They were living at camp. And where the new where the field two was, which is now the new entrance, there were basketball courts. And we would line up the nine of us and try to make one lay-in in a row. We couldn't even do that. We would just do stuff like that. But I want to say, if you ever have Craig Klingman on this newscast, podcast, we played the JVs and we spanked them. We beat them. Whoa. As girls, yeah. And Craig Whoa. Klingman was on it. I may have fouled a lot, but I did get all league in basketball. I didn't let her because I had too many lost balls because they would have me throw it in and I throw it way past the court. Turnover, just a turnover machine. I had yes. Craig Kling I had Craig Klingman on here on the podcast. Okay, well, you uh, tell him we beat him, even if okay. he doesn't think so. We played outside. Everything was outside. I love it. Let's hang a banner. Let's hang a banner for it. Are there girls oh, beat the no, boys? No, no, no. We're not banner <laughs> material. But anyway, after I stayed in a year, I got two things all league for basketball and softball. But anyway, my kids don't believe me, but it's true. My coach has passed away, so I don't really. You just have to believe me. Yeah. Uh, hey, you have a track record of honesty. So I, I think, uh, you know, I think it's 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 tried and true for sure. And they couldn't. <laughs> Those drain kids couldn't have got all of their talent from uh, Ken Drain. A little had to come from the mom side. I mean, come on. They now. just say they got their height from me. That's it. <laughs> De- I give no credit. Devin used to always say that. <laughs> it's like, oh, come on, yeah. man. <laughs> that is, uh, excuse me, that is funny. So you talked about uh, Mrs. Johnson, <clears throat> Mrs. Dowd, Mr. Dowd. These were pretty influential uh, people in your in your life growing up? Yes, as well as Mr. Ostergaard, Francis Ostergaard. Um, I, I had a lot of interim coaches, but I think Mrs. Janet Johnson was having babies. So I had Mrs. Coulter. Mrs. Lunny was so mm. fun. I got a lot of my crazy ideas from her. <laughs> Leslie Orsburn is the one who, when I was in Archway, I did Atlantic with her. And she actually went on two, I went two on two boys summer trips. So she went with me to be my supervisor so I wouldn't mess around too much. But... Um, <laughs> She taught me a lot of like mailing things to the girls and I learned stuff from her. So all those, there's a lot of people that make up. A oh yeah. Who, who are some of your uh, classmates we might know from Rihanna? Oh my people goodness. Okay. So I was the only girl in my class. Um, when I came to RHP as a seventh grader, there were three other girls, but they were already on Indian and they had been in forever. So it was kind of hard for me to 
break into that, but I, but you know they it worked. And then when I went to high school, only one of them went with me, Kathy Blomo, who I loved to death. And then she dropped out as a sophomore at the beginning of the year. So from the really from sophomore eleventh and twelfth, I was with those rascal boys. And <laughs> boy, I think another reason I'm uh, able to well, you know, I'm wimpy maybe, and I also am very gullible, but. They're my best friend, and they're good friends now. It's Greg Loomis, not in okay. any specific order, guys. Okay. Okay. Peter Amundsen was our softy, lovable guy. Always <laughs> gave us candy. All the girls. Um, Mr. Hampton made him take us all out one at a time because he was anyway. That's fun. Okay, so <laughs> Dan Kirby, Dan Davis, Greg Loomis, Peter Amundsen, Mike Carroll, Don Murphy, Jim Key. So those are the guys. And, I'm sensing um, a lot of uh, a lot of humor in the in that group. A lot was in oh high school. Goodness. Were were they uh, kind of thick as thieves? Those guys. Okay, so <laughs> I was you know homecoming always. You know I want to tell you. So I was on the court a couple times, and they said they never voted for me. They would do stuff like this, and they go, "You won just because we don't know why you won. You must have rigged it." And then they'd go stuff like. Don't talk to the Mick, and I'm the Mick because of McGarren. And then they would like um, hide my books, lock me out of the classroom. They'd throw spit wads. One of them actually spit on me. Oh. I won't tell you which one. And he's still my good friend. Um, when we went on the summer trip, that first boys trip, they put all the sleeping bags in the aisle so I couldn't get in. But I love them. But I mean, oh, and then I made brownies for a. Mr. Taylor was our class advisor and we made brownie. I made brownies for a rummage sale because we love to do that. But I put green food coloring in it. You don't do that to brownies because they were hard as a rock and they were throwing them all over. I don't know. They um, they locked me in the room so they wouldn't have to ask me to do an odd roll, those kind of things. Boy, boys will be boys. And when you're the boys only girl. Boys will be boys. When you're so the only girl. So now my boys, you know, Ed and Jay were like, calm compared to that no they weren't and they were horrible it, it it trained you for your future your future is now Maybe. right yeah, yeah that's, <laughs> it toughened me up that's for sure but now they're just you know when anything happens in my family they are just right there for me always yeah that that's that's truly special when you make lifelong friends that yeah. you know boys men we we speak in a different language when when we when we like people we make fun of them we pull pranks on them so that's just that's just that's the, the male nature me, that's how we know. are so so you were beloved uh, by by these guys it sounds <laughs> for all the pranks and everything there's a lot of fun <laughs> I still was I have very positive memories I yeah. really do and. Um, I mean, I loved it. I love every part of my life. It hasn't always been hard, easy, but it's been awesome. Oh, sure. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, Rio, Rio, you know, feels like yesterday for me, uh, for most people it does. And I can't believe Devin and my, uh, you know, uh, reunions coming up 20 years uh, next year, which is crazy. <laughs> it's just like 2023. What, what are we talking about? So, uh, after high school, what was life like for you? Uh, did you go to college? Did you kind of, uh, try out a few yes. different, uh, job? What, what was life like? So how honest do you want me to be? Okay. So <laughs> I'm just going to put it out there. 
So my life after high school was great. I didn't want to continue at Rio Hondo. I didn't want to go into Archley at all. So um, Mrs. Ruth Hampton, the founder's um, wife, encouraged me to do so. And so I decided to do that. Um, I got to go on two boys trips. And um, one of those was I had made some mistakes in my life. And so I was, um, for a year, I was out of the program um, so I could figure my myself out and I've made some wrong choices. So when I was able to return, um, I didn't know if anyone would notice a difference in my life because I had changed, but you know, I asked God to forgive me at an old person of 21. And so right after that, I thought no one would notice anything different. And then Mrs. Ruth Hampton again, after church said, how would you like to go on the trip? And I had been dying because all my friends, because I still kept in touch with them. And so I got to go on the trip and that was great. Um, as far as um, my job, I have all kind of done the same job since I was 19. I didn't get, I didn't start getting paid for it until after David was born. So at that point, finances, finances have always been a challenge for our family, but you know, God's always provided. And, um, you know, my husband's worked really hard and I was able to have a job where I could take care of my kids, no matter what was happening, but still do my carry thing work because I could do it anywhere. I mean, I've done carry thing at City of Hope. I got a job. My first job was paying job was working with Mr. Dave Carson Sr. He got me a job at Prestige Software, which I did for a long time. And I actually, he taught me how to work well. And I actually brought carry thing work to work to do because I didn't have enough to do there. Crazy, <laughs> right? And so, um, and then I worked at the reading clinic and that was Dave Carson again. And um, so he's been a big part of my life too. Um, and then as far as Care Youth League, I've been the registrar for since I've been 20. Um, my job, I was able to come home and then my life job changed when Colleen graduated because now I have set hours at Care Park. And so, you know, in my 50s, I learned something new, still learning because I can't figure out how to cook dinner. But anyway, um, <laughs> so I'm doing that along with my other jobs. And so, and I work with the Royal Friends. I've had, I've done the foreign, I've done the fourth and fifth graders for a long time. And then, um, second and third, and now I'm with the four and five-year-olds, which is my favorite, I have to say. Yeah, yeah I, I feel like you've been there every time I've, I've seen you. You're either working in that uh, office at Care Park, big smile, or you're, or you're, you're with the royal friends, ro rolling that, uh, that wagon, usually, you know? With, I still with have the wagon. <laughs> I got the wagon. Yeah, <laughs> it's always Mrs. Drain with the wagon. Uh, <laughs> I, I, want, I want to bring up a few people, and if you can, just, okay. uh, you know, you just uh, say say what comes to mind when you think okay. of these people. Um, first off, I want to talk uh, about your brother, Mike McGarren, who you're a little older than, and he was kind of going through high school uh, alongside you. W what are your thoughts on uh, your brother, Mike McGarren, who we all know and love? So proud of him. I He was like um, pretty gullible. I guess we're both kind of a gullible, but he was like the life of the party. After he was in that first play, it was like, 
his comedian side came out. But he um, still, even now, um, he supports us. Um, naturally, when you get married, you can't give, you know, everything to the nephews and nieces. But um, he is a very generous guy. He um, works really hard. But in high school, it was really fun to have a brother to go to school with, bounce things off with, and he's so hilarious. I have to tell you one thing. He um, well, he was a really good athlete too, and he took he was serious. He was a wimpy. He had asthma really severe, and I still remember as a child, my mom would go, and he would have to get these shots. But when Gary Fee came, they would figure out how to make you play. He would. My mom was just a gamer that way. And so there's no excuse. You just play. And Michael, you know, we all just bought into it. I think that helped me with my kids. I mean, you know, Eddie played after a spinal when he can't even walk, but that's what you just do. Colleen played with, you know, you just yep, do that. Yep, yep. But anyway, he was just so fun to be with, you know, and do things with while we were in high school. And we we're great apart. So that was fun. <laughs> uh, I never wanted to go to the inaugural with anybody in his class because I go, they're like my baby brother's friends. So when Craig Kleeman asked, sorry, Craig, Craig Kleeman asked me, and I was dating Ken at the time. I don't know what he was thinking. I had to say yes, but I'm thinking, why am I going to the inaugural with him? Sorry, Craig. And he also lived at my mom's house, you know? He was like, so I'm thinking, okay, he's just like a little kid, but I'll go out. This should be a reality show, by the way. Yeah. This be, it's, we make a lot of money on this reality show. <laughs> but uh, anyway, he was... Um, a really great brother. Yeah. Well, he had to help you too with explaining, you know, this, uh, this love, the, the, the guys in your class were showing you with all the jokes and pranks and everything. He's probably, he probably gave you some words of wisdom. Like, Hey, this, Mar, this is what guys do. You know, we're all jokesters. We're all pranksters to some extent. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember that part of it. Probably Michael just said no, but yeah. I mean, we had a great, we had, we have so much fun together. Mm -hmm. and um so the, i have just so many fond memories so well talk to me about uh, you mentioned your mom there mrs mcgarren uh the w one memory i have of her is uh devin at one time in high school he he had a, a dentist appointment uh a quote, quote unquote or something like that and he ended up going with his grandma to get uh, a cowboy collar or something for football i think that's how it went it's been 20 years but uh we were all like you don't have a dentist appointment you 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 guys went to the store and bought some gear or whatever so back to your point of hey you just play uh i think that's what mrs mcgarren was was uh you know instilling in Devin? So what what uh, what are your thoughts on on, okay, on your mom? I don't know about that dentist appointment. There's no way he had a dentist appointment. So if he said that, it's a liar, liar, pants <laughs> on fire. Because I wouldn't have let that happen. But it is true. So my mom is a cancer survivor too. She had breast cancer when she was 50, and then she got on this health kick. But she was already like that. Like Saturdays when I was a little kid, we got to go to the grocery store. Yes. Oh, I forgot about this. Yes, I did help Michael steal some candy. And yes, I made him do it. He and said yes, that. That's right. Yeah, he did. So that he was right on that. But boy, he was right on that. Okay. But back to Devin or whatever. Um, as far as the cowboy collar, mom, um, you know, she was really into making sure everything's healthy. And so she probably took off to Fortney. She was working with Fortney's, 
in that and she probably took him to get the cabin clock. She had to have it. So I just gave in. Okay. I didn't know he missed anything because we didn't, we don't miss anything, but grandma was driving us nuts. <laughs> yeah. Them nuts. But anyway, but anyway, I'll probably get, yeah, I'll get Devin in trouble 21 years later, but it's, <laughs> he may have said I have an owie some, I don't know what he said, but anyway, the cowboy collar collar was important for some reason. Yeah. Yeah, no, At for least sure. I knew where he was on the field with when he wore that. So yeah, right. He's walking around, and, and you know right. he'd come in and pass, and he, <laughs> he was, I don't know how he threw with that thing on, but yeah, he was he uh, looked like Frankenstein at times. Oh, my my good buddy Devin. We'll got more more about him later, but but uh, Mrs. Mrs. McGarren, and and honestly, I didn't have the privilege of meeting uh, uh Mr. Mr. McGarren. What was it like being in a so so they were both I I know you're big big into the Irish roots. So were they both Irish? What was the McGarren household like? So the McGarren household was interesting. My mom is German more and my dad is Irish. My parents met because my mom wrote a letter to a Navy man and it was my dad and they got together and his family was very dysfunctional. And so at 16, he had left home. And so when he met my mom's family, who were very stable. My grandfather was a teacher at Citrus, started football at Citrus, um, whatever. Um, you know, he really was excited. <laughs> and so they, you know, got married. And uh, my dad, I don't want to be a downer. He had a mental illness. He was um, manic depressive. And so I, we didn't, we weren't aware of that as children and not until we were older. But so he had a very big personality. He was a real estate man. He would help it carry you think earning money all the time. He and Mr. Philip Ostergaard hit it off. He was a uh, father of the year. Mr. Hampton decided to have a father of the year and he named my dad one out of, I don't know. My dad never went to school. When he passed away, we found a letter from a, that he had written for a paper for school that said Carrie think was the best thing to happen to him and his family. So that meant a lot to me. But he would do crazy things like we'd go grocery shopping and he'd pretend he was a monster in the grocery store all the way until I was fifth grade. So we would really try to get around the corner really fast, mom. <laughs> but I just have great memories. Saturdays, yeah. we'd go to the big TV the store, get a giant box put on top of our car and dad would roll us around the backyard in this box, Michael and I. We'd always have pizza and salad on Saturday nights. So we'd get ready for church. Um, so they were like, I was thinking they were totally opposites. But after my dad passed away, my mom still wore, she would dress up for Halloween. So I think she probably tried to make my dad's dreams of a great childhood come through through us, maybe. But um, at his memorial service, we found out he gave money to people we didn't even know. Like, I'm not going to say staff people. And then, um, you know, they, you know, that house that my mom lives in now, they got that for 30 at an auction for $30,000. So it's an incredible amount. And my mom, up till I was in sixth grade, my mom made all my clothes except for my underwear. Swimsuit, wow. the whole thing. She wow. made shoes. So she was an incredible homemaker. She was a teacher up until then, and then she's an incredible homemaker. And um, if you wanted something done, my mom would make sure it got done, and my dad would make sure as far as selling, and he'd come to our games, but he didn't really care about the games. 
Yeah. You might hear that my dad started um, saving cans and glass at Care You for money. I hated that. It's passion. <laughs> oh, I hated it. Because Why? I'd Why? have to go cut some cans. And they drip all over it. Beer can. I hated it. And Mrs. Johnson, who was my lyric fan, said, this is a good thing. You would buy, he bought like a hundred scarves and he gave them to Mrs. Johnson. I'm mortified. <laughs> Why do that? But he'd do crazy things like that. But, so I'm probably just like him now that I think about it. Yeah, no, it, 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 it's crazy. We look in the mirror one day and we are our parents. I'm like, well, how did this yeah. happen? So he sounds like a very special man. And and I know how uh, sweet and kind that uh, Mrs. McGarren is as well. Yes. I've had the opportunity to meet her a few times. And and Devin has always uh, spoken high, so highly of uh, his grandparents and uh, his family. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's a, it was a privilege to, to, to know them all and to hear the, to hear these words from you, uh, about everybody. Uh, I, I got to ask now, okay. What so many guys on this podcast have played under coach Ken drain. We we've, we've heard him yell at us. We he's made us better men. Uh, <laughs> but what you mentioned, or it sounded weird. I, I not to, not to be disrespectful. It sounded when you were like, yeah, I was dating Ken. That's first of all, to call him Ken sounds weird. Cause that's, that's Mr. Drain. That's coach Drain, But so sometime, uh, I'm, I'm assuming in your twenties or whenever you're, you, you end up dating this guy, Ken drain women are much more open about the romance side of things here. Men are just like, yeah, I started dating. We got married. Talk to me about, uh, the Ken okay. drain. Romance. There right. we go. Well, I was in Archelay. There were four girls and 30 guys and they ran from, they were old men to young men. And at that time I did not want to date anyone that I wasn't in high school with. And so um, obviously my husband and I are eight and a half years apart. So that I didn't even, I don't even know if he was in, I, he was in Archley, but I don't even know him. So the deal was that um, I went to Cal State Fullerton and he actually was in one of my English classes. And I go, hey, I think I know that guy. But actually I knew him because in Archley, but it's so many people, 30 men, and who's going to talk to the old man? No one. And I go, he's kind of cute. But anyway, he kind of sat by me. And so then we started going to school together. And then we, he went on the summer trip driving that truck. Oh, my goodness. That was amazing. And then he helped me blow up balloons in the back of the truck. And then Sandy Smith is one of my best friends. I have a lot of best friends. She said, I think he likes you. And I think, oh, Really? <laughs> and then I remember having an Archley meeting and one of the Pam Martin who passed away, right? She was in there and she said, Oh, Mara doesn't pay any attention to us anymore. She's always talking to Ken. And so uh, anyway, so it kind of blossomed from there. Mrs. And I was younger than him. So Mrs. Johnson, who was my leader said, kind of hold back Mara. You got to finish school. And then Mrs. Dowd, who my husband talked to, Mrs. Dowd said, go for it, go for it. So we were kind of in a quandary. We went to Arch Lake camp. I went to Arch Lake camp and we were the whole subject of the camp. And Mr. Ork said, it's okay. Mr. Ork said, it's okay. Anyway, kind of hilarious. So yeah, we dated and um, he's very, we would go, don't laugh. The Sizzler was one of our favorite spots. Oh yeah. Take walks. Um, let's see. He asked me to marry him on, at my driveway. He actually was going to ask me at the restaurant, one of the restaurants we went to, but my parents walked in. I mean, what about that? So he said, <laughs> I couldn't ask you then. So, 
the restaurant. But anyway, he is so thoughtful. I get flowers on any holiday. He he always asks, what do you want? Not what I want. Um, as far as coaching you guys, I know he asked, you know, Rick and those guys, if it was okay if I, he married me or whatever. And then, <laughs> what? Wait, 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 what? What do you mean he asked I guess he guys? went to clubbing and asked the guys, what do you think if I get married? And they said, okay. <laughs> so that's why that class is always we had them as junior high and then whatever yeah but um i can't i felt part of the team because of him too not just even if my kid wasn't my child wasn't on the team um we'd have dinners here and i always want to be part of what he did yeah um early on in our marriage it was hard because he was gone so much and so sometimes i would be grouchy about that but in the end i think it was best for our kids and, um, you know, he did everything. He would study so hard for each season because he had to do all three at one time. And then anytime he was, he felt he was out of line with a boy or um, someone had a hard time, it would bother him. Quite often, Friday nights, we wouldn't sleep. Mm. I had real friends at eight in the morning. We wouldn't go to bed till probably till one because he had to we would just talk about whatever happened, whatever. And some things I didn't know about. Like I found out on some of these podcasts that more technicals, that my son's getting technicals. I didn't know about that. But um, but I think uh, one thing I admire about my husband is he doesn't complain. He just goes at it. Never. I mean, for the longest time, I'm so sorry. Sometimes when my kids are sick, that's been a big thing. But when Eddie was sick, especially... That's when he first took over for Mr. Johnson. And that was so hard. I don't know if anyone knows how hard that was because of, you know, he's busy. He's trying to learn something new. And he was so sick most of the time because it was so much pressure. And um, he wanted to do right by us and he wanted to do right by his team. Mm. But we had friends. If we didn't have them, <clears throat> I don't think he would have been able to survive that particular football season. Well, but, um, well, you, you couldn't help. You couldn't help as as a player for him uh, at that time. You know, uh, again, I was teammates, classmates with Devin, so I bring him up a lot. But you know, when we were juniors that year, when Mister Mister Drain did take over, um, you couldn't help during games at, at home. You know, look, you you look to the sideline, you see Mister Drain there, you know, coaching and working hard, and then you know you'd see off to the left, uh, right right in front of the drain house. You know, you and and Eddie there bundled up uh, watching us, and uh, I, I will say that it was definite, definitely added motivation uh, for us as uh, as boys to to work a little harder and play harder, and uh, you know to be alongside Devin out there. Uh, knowing his brother was going through that and Mr. Drain's uh, son was going through that. I mean, that was a, it was a hard time, but looking back now that everything worked out, I mean, it was truly a special time and uh, especially that, that first football season and to hear what you just said about how, uh, how hard it was for him. Um, we knew, but we also didn't knew because Mr. Drain always carries himself the same way all the time. And uh, you know, he didn't, let it out necessarily, but we knew. And, uh, yeah, that was, yeah. I, I just can't imagine him going through that at that time. And, uh, it was, it was an honor to play for him always, but especially at that time. Well, I think part of that, part of doing the normal things is very helpful when you're going through something like that. They also want, they also, 
City of Hope wanted us to go through marriage counseling too. A lot of marriages break up mm. during that time, but um, we felt we didn't need to do it. it. Actually, brought us closer as a family. Yeah, I do have to tell you though that um, before that, um, you know, Pam Martin had passed away right in two thousand. She's a younger friend of mine that was a very good friend. Okay. And I was so upset about that. Okay. And so that was like a life changing thing for me because I was sure that Steve was going to call me and say, she's fine. Mm. Um, and that just did not happen. So that next summer, right before Eddie got sick, John Martin called me to ask me to be the PAL president. I hated being in part of parents groups. <laughs> I didn't want to do it at all. And I had five kids. I go, what in the world? And Eddie was like, ah. But anyway, we had him in karate because he couldn't behave. But anyway, um, <laughs> so in my mind, I thought, what would Pam do? Pam would always say yes to everything. Yeah. So I said, yeah. yes. I didn't know Eddie was going to have leukemia. But those friends I made on that board, Michelle Casares, Monica mm. Kell, Susan Wiley, mm. um, I'm going to leave somebody out. Oh, Miss uh, Deborah Moya. Mm. They yeah. helped me through that more than you can tell because yeah. my friends at Care Youth were busy a lot at the time and they had friends. It was amazing. And God worked that out. Yeah. That's the only it, way to say that. He, he always does. And, and we talk about making plans and then, you know, you didn't expect to do this. And then this happens. I mean, it, it, things work out with those, you know, who have the strongest uh, faith when their faith is tested, I'm sure. And uh, for those that don't know, we're talking about uh, her, her middle son there, Ed, Ed Drain, Edward, uh, who's been on the podcast before. He did have leukemia when he was, I think, third grade. Nine. Um, yeah. Nine years old. Yeah. T take, take me back to that. Um, you talked a little bit about it, in, you know, a challenge to your family and everything, but to have one of your children, um, diagnosed with leukemia. You're trying to make me cry. Uh, I'm not, I, no ma'am. No ma'am, you're the strongest among us. Um, I mean. I don't know what to tell you. I can't, um, so that day, first day of fourth grade it was, we had the bus stop bash uh, that I got from the Family Fun magazine that my kids hate. Anyway, and then um, Noelle Walsh said, Eddie, well, well, the night before we always did something with the Parkers. We had because um, they lived next door to us and Eddie just wasn't playing and I was totally unlike him and he was pale but I just thought he was sick because he had a, he was sick earlier in the summer so but Noelle Walsh was there and she said you need to take him in now she, that's all she said so he went to school and then I picked him up we had a blood test and then they had me come back and repeat the blood test Colleen's first day at kindergarten was the next day so she was with me the whole time and we would go in but when they called me the second time, and then Dr. Hyken, who was a, our doctor, told me to come in right away. So I called my mom, because my husband was at football practice, and she went with me with Colleen and Eddie. I went into the office, and she said, I'm pretty sure he has leukemia. I just, it's just, the world's just stopped. I don't know how else yeah. to say it. I go, and she goes, you're going to go to City of Hope. We've arranged it. Because again, God had worked out. Tawny had already been seen there year when she was in sixth grade. So we had a kid. They had thought and she had leukemia back when she was in sixth grade. We had gone to City of Hope. I remember being in the elevator saying, 
at least you don't have leukemia tonic. <laughs> Those are famous last words. But anyway. Wow. So we didn't have cell phones. I knew Kim was at practice. The only phone number I had memorized was Joe Parker's. So she gave me a minute. My mom took Colleen. Um, and I called Joe. I'm not sure what he did after that, but I was like crying terribly. And then we just, Eddie and I drove straight to City of Hope and we met with a team of doctors and he didn't come home for 11 days after that. So you talk about 9-11. I didn't even know 9-11 happened because I was dealing with this. And so when I got to the hospital, this was on September 4th when we went in. He was still there on the 11th. And when I got in, he was watching TV. So that's why I think that's his phobia about airplanes because he saw the 9-11 going on and on. A nurse came in. Luann Riopka oh. was his nurse. Oh, Katie. yeah. Yes. And so that's another, she was a part of the PAL board. But anyway, um, they were amazing. And um, so we found they have leukemia. They, I, they, we, later they told me they didn't think he was going to make it because his, he had too many cancer cells. And so, but right away, um, we met this doctor and I go, I don't want this doctor. Just thinking she can't, I can't understand what she says. But it was Dr. Pulaska and she was the best. She was the best person for Eddie. And then another time I had to choose what kind of treatment he was gonna have. I was in there by myself. Luana stepped out and I didn't know what to do. I said, Lord, I need help. Dave Carson Jr. walks in and he talks to Eddie and he and I, I don't know if you remember, says, I go, what should I do? And then he was listening. We talked to Dr. Pulaska and we decided to do this one thing, like a, a treatment to be on protocol, which helps everybody. So we decided to do that. But I felt that, that was a sign when Dave walked in. So that was awesome. But I mean, positive things about having leukemia. Um, Eddie shaped up a little bit better. Um, I met Dick Van Dyke. Really? So he, Tell me about that. The, oh my goodness. I'm such a lizard. I walk into the entrance with Eddie and David was there. None of them else could come. And so he was right there and no one had talked to him. I go, Mr. Van Dyke, Mr. Van, Mr. Dyke. I didn't know what to say. I feel like an idiot. And the kids are so young. They didn't know to be embarrassed. Who's that? But anyway, he was so gracious. She goes, I'm going to be up there. Son. What's your name, son? And what's your name? And then, and then I go, this is the one that's sick. He goes, got it i got it you know and he was talking to ed and dave that was great we went up there he sang songs he was very very kind a little girl had written a song and he listened to it and it was just a great time yeah uh, you know we we hobnobbed with the texas football players ucla football players eddie was in the rose parade but i think the best thing is the doctors and nurses were you know so nice yeah and they're like part of your family now. So yeah. all in all, this is in all, in all seriousness, but you know, since he, he got through that, he had a pretty much a, a normal life and he's, a, he's and then now he decides a, to break his leg. <laughs> I was coaching him. The time. He had just gotten through cancer and he's like crossing the street or something. Illegally. I just he remember baseball's going him. everywhere. And then to have Mr. Casares is the one who hit him. One of my best friends' husband. Oh, was it? Oh, yes. I forgot that part of the story. Yes. 
And so I'm cooking chicken at home. Colleen's sick. And Susan Wiley calls me and says, there's been an accident. And I said, okay, what did Eddie do? And she goes, no, it's really an accident. I go, I don't believe you, Susan. Did they win the game? And she goes, actually, I can't even remember if they won or not. And I go, but I'm cooking chicken. She goes, no, the ambulance is coming. He got hit by a car. I go, oh. So Pauline Murphy came over and finished the chicken. But anyway, I went up and yes, he was screaming. He, he was on. To see your child screaming in the middle of the road. And, yeah. and then they took him and they didn't have the siren on because they didn't have, they had to go really slow because he had so much pain. But yeah, he had a tip fib break. And so yeah. that was fun. But I felt more bad for, I mean, I felt bad for him and I knew his bones were more brittle, whatever, whatever. But um, that was just another adventure. And I had to leave him in the hospital. I didn't want to. Oh my by himself. But anyway, he's but, a big boy. But to some extent, you had to be like, uh, oh, this is really? you know, after yeah. after this sort of uh, cancer, oh, you'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. I forgot Mr. Cazares. Yeah, that uh wow. they felt yeah, so bad. Oh, he did. I, oh yeah. And they weren't even going that fast. No, that's why when when I heard it and saw the baseballs go everywhere, I was like, because it was right by a bus. I think we were at Arcadia Christian, and I was just like, "What? What? It was a, it, you didn't think it was serious for a second. You're like, "What? What happened?" And then you see, I'm like, "Oh no!" <laughs> so, oh, he got through it just fine. So yeah, you did. After cancer, after the the car accident with the broken leg, I mean, he's a husband and a father now. I mean, has there ever been a moment in his life where you're just like? Oh, stop milking it. You don't have cancer anymore, Ed. Stop, stop talking about the past. He's, you know, shape up. Uh, no, <laughs> he has always been a guy that likes to say, I got this. You know, that was part of the thing when he was younger. He was, I mean, he was, okay, now my boys are going to be mad. All the boys are great athletes. Um, Eddie came by it naturally and he let everyone else know it. And so that was hard about his personality and it was hard to watch because the coach didn't know what to do with him you know but he was really good and so um now David was really good as a D I mean David was good he's a lefty so that's a very, very big surprise to people and then Devin just really worked at it and he just he was outside 24 7 playing ball yeah but as far as being a natural athlete I would have to say it was probably Eddie um but you're they, you're really stirring up. You're going to stir up some controversy here for Sunday yeah. dinner. I'm just telling you. Now, with these David, David is, <laughs> I think, uh, so well-rounded as a person. He's he's an athlete. He's he's hilarious. Actually, they're all about the same kind of in different degrees. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah. um, they all have their special spot. And David, I think, is a hero, too, because his older brother was sick. And he we probably didn't do our best at explaining that. And um, that was tough for him because they had done everything together. Um, Eddie's friends were always David's friends. Mm. And so Love that. Um, he, I don't know if you remember, there was quite a few TV interviews and whatever. No, and it got to be funny that, it was, you know, people would say, oh, JT was there, you know, but David would be there and David goes, I'm right there. And they didn't say I was right there. You know, he'd be in it. So, you know, so that was, as a mom, I look back and I think I could have done better with that. But 
the past is the past and that makes David a stronger person. Yeah, no, for sure. It was a tough time, I'm sure, for the Drain family and you guys got through it. It's and- all good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and uh, you know, you guys went through something a couple of years ago uh, with your daughter, Tawny, um, needing a, a liver transplant. And, and I knew Tawny pretty well. She was one grade below us. Uh, very, she won't like this, but she's kind of a, a spitting image of you personality wise, very <laughs> outgoing and such. But uh, talk to me about, um, you know, that whole ordeal a couple of years ago when you, you had to be, you know, I don't know, praying to God or t- just like, really, again, something else. I mean, in, in the drain family, talk me through uh, the situation with Tawny. Well, it wasn't a surprise, Matt, because, you know, Tawny started, she was the first one to be sick, kind of, as a sixth grader. And Dr. Ament at UCLA when she was 18 said, by the time she's 30, she's going to need a, a new liver. And we kind of forgot about it, you know, because between 18 and 30, you know, her platelets were always an issue with and whatnot. But that was always in the back of her mind and kind of our mind. And so <clears throat> we switched to Kaiser. I'm not going to say anything good or bad about Kaiser, but anyway. <laughs> so, but <clears throat> anyway, so she started feeling really bad and the itchiness got out of control and all that. So um, she actually, the health care she was on wasn't going to work out. And so amazing to me how God works, but she got a new job in April, which allowed her incredible health care, which in June is when everything, we have to get the liver now. So tell me God doesn't work things out. He does. Oh, yeah. So, and then, um, but yeah, I don't know what to say. You know, you just, there's some things you can't do anything about. And the only thing you mm-hmm. do is pray. And I try to look at the positive with every single thing we have. And um, so every time someone's liver didn't work out when they were tested, we go, oh no, and then whatever. But then to see, go through all this and your faith builds and then to find it, someone in your backyard, mm. a person she loves from her past, Ken Parker, was just truly, I can't even tell you. Tony, we, Tony had gone to the doctor and she didn't tell us And she called back and then she said, I have a match and there's going to be someone. We thought it was Joe Parker's sister. So I went to Phil Horton. I was walking the neighborhood because I was crying. I was so excited. There was a match and Phil was there and I go, there's a match. And he knew it was Kenny because Kenny had told Christina, but I said, it's Joe Parker's sister. But they had the same name, middle name. But anyway, end up being Kenny. And I just... (laughs) I might, you just, your heart just explodes, but still the day before was Kenny's birthday. And then Tawny goes in, you know, we had the the, right in June before um, we knew she's going to have to get a liver transplant. Um, I had to go with her to this appointment. She goes, mom, you're going to behave. When they say (laughs) behave, it means don't cry. Okay. That's what that means. Okay. So I said, yes, I did not know this appointment was was for someone that she was saying, if I die, this person's going to be in charge. This person's going to be in charge. I lost it. I couldn't sit there oh, and listen to Tawny no. do that. I just sobbed and I got control and I sobbed after the appointment. That was, that was really hard knowing that this was going through and I might lose her. We might lose her, but then heaven gains her, but 
it's hard to think about that process. Yeah. But uh, Mr. Silent, my husband always listens. And then he says words of wisdom. God's got this. So there you go. Ah. I had to let, we had to let go. But um, it's truly been a journey. And I think all the things in your life happen. And um, boy, I'm sure not perfect. But um, I keep learning things. And yeah. my kids and my royal friends and my husband and you, Matt. <laughs> i'm just spewing into the microphone here mr drain always knows what to say at least that's what i remember uh it is so cool it was so cool to see him not just as a a player of his but to see to have that affiliation with oh that's devin's dad that's devin's family like it was two separate worlds you know devin never called him we always wondered like in 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 uh, junior high what's what's devin gonna call mr drain coach mr drain dad he never said any of that he always it was always hey he just said, hey, and, and Mr. Dre knew he was talking to him. <laughs> Devin is the, analyzes everything. And so he's probably already, had already thought that out. And I think, I don't know what Eddie and David called him. And I have to think about, as my husband was coaching, I don't remember him ever yelling until he had his own kids. Now, I don't even know if that's true. Maybe it's because. No, it's not true. It's not true. He was he yelled, yelled plenty all okay, the time. So I just took it personal. I'm thinking, why am I yelling? You could just say, please don't foul him. Please hold on to the ball. So after games, we would have these conversations in basketball in particular. Because <laughs> I go, can't you just say it nicer? And I'd sit with the opposite fans on purpose. I didn't want to hear what our fans have to say about my husband because it would tick me off. So yeah. I'd, sit with, I'd sit with Polly or whatever. And then I'd, I'd hear, oh, that's a good coach. Or I'd hear, why is he getting so mad? Why is he getting so mad? And then I would, and I, one time I said, I don't know. Why do you think he's getting so mad? And they were just talking to him who I was. And then they thought I was the coach's wife. It was hilarious. That was at Bishop. And Bishop, you know how he loved to pop off up there. Oh, Bishop. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. Drain's going to have a plaque in Bishop, California. I think some day down the road. Well, the officials were ridiculous. And oh, sometimes yeah. Sometimes I would get into the game and yell. But basically when I watch sports, I'm looking at the uniforms. I'm looking at the fans. I don't really care about the game. I don't know what all the hoopla is. Why you guys yell at the TV? The TV cannot hear you. Just be quiet. I can't so do ridiculous. it. Ridiculous. No, the, no, it's it's. See, you don't need to understand it. Just know this is how men are. We're very odd creatures, indeed. We're simple, but uh, yeah. I, look, at Mr. Drain was. Uh, Mr. Drain knew how to get his point across, which is hilarious to see him then go home to a nice family, you know, be very loving to his daughters and his wife. And he's just like, he's screaming his head. (laughs) But honestly, it it was an honor to play for him. And I've said this before, but like, I think if we're honest, us young men, we still feel like we're playing for him. No matter what we're doing, you could still hear hear his voice, whether it's a loud or that pat on the back, you know. Uh, When you got a compliment from Mr. Drain, and it might, it might even be making fun of somebody else to give you a compliment, if that makes sense. You know? Oh, uh, my goodness. It, yeah. He just, ah, man. He would get bright red. But, man, when Mr. Drain smiled, it made you happy. Like, I was just like, wow. Coach Drain. Coach Drain smiled. This is great. So, anyway, enough of that. Enough, enough, enough of all that stuff. It's time, to, it's time to dig in here. Dig into uh, the the moment your kids are probably dreading where you get to talk and make fun of all of them. First off, again, this is going to be Devin centered here because I know him the best. 
he hates being called Richard. And yeah, he does. How, what, where did that, the first name, Richard Devin Drain? How did, okay, so, so what's the story there? So this is, don't judge us, please. No <laughs> judging. Okay, Never. so um, first child, hard to figure out a name. You know, you're going through all the names, whatever, whatever. My husband said it can't be Kenneth Jr. So that's fine. You know, we don't know if it's a boy or girl. So we, funny, um, if it was a girl, it would have been Ashley Rose, just so you know. But a boy, um, so Devin, I finally just said, Ken, you're in charge of the boys. But we agreed, Devin, we like that name, but we couldn't figure out another name with it. But we didn't like Richard Devin. So we had to go, uh, we decided we we're gonna call him Devin, but we, my husband liked Richard Devin Drain, sound like a, an attorney or something. We did not tell my mom, my mom hates the name Richard with a passion because she had a bad date with a Richard in her high school. <laughs> so that was a little controversial. But, you know, my husband was on the summer trip, so he missed the birth of Devin. He got oh. there afterwards. Wow. Yeah, don't believe. Yeah, that's how it was back in the day. He was on a summer trip. <laughs> so he came back after and spent a week and then went back on the trip. But um, I wasn't sure how to spell it. And then, so I did D-E-B-O-N because it looked good to me. I guess boys back then were D-E-V-I-N. Devon is if you're black. <gasps> is that okay to say? Yeah, okay. Devon, Devon. Yeah, I've heard yeah. D-E-V-A-N. Yeah. So, anyway, <laughs> so anyway, that's his name. He hates it, but that's what we went with. And so <laughs> then in the computer, I put R period Devin Drain. And he hated that too. So I don't know how to make that boy happy. You can't make him happy. I know. No. I know this. I've been friends with him a long time. You cannot make that guy happy. So you know what, <laughs> what I love to do is get under. I call him Richard every now and then just to get under oh. skin. It's it's fun. Yeah, I do that too. Isn't that terrible? Is he going to listen oh. to this? But yeah, I do Oh, that. he will. He will indeed. So most but I people- like his little smile when I do it. He's a oh, yeah. he has the dimple. Oh yes, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All that precious stuff. Yeah, indeed. Uh, yeah, it's funny. Most most moms, when they're mad at their kid, they use their full name. They use throw in the middle name. You, you're unique. You get to use the real name, the real first name, Richard Devon Drain. You know when he does. Well, you have an alias. You can just play with that at college. You know, True. you can. Yeah. Absolutely. No. So, and then the uh, Mr. Drain's uh, j- janitor services named it Richard Devon Drain Services. Right? Was that just a tribute to his oldest son, or what? Yep, because that's when we started. We started having, we need money, so we, yeah, so we needed to do that. And then, yeah, I think he just wanted to do that. I mean, Devin, probably if Devin would have been a sourpuss, we wouldn't have had any more kids. Devin was a great little kid, and he would. What he changed? Was. What changed, Devin? No, I don't know. <laughs> he was. He did love to watch sports. We would take him everywhere. He did CQ with my husband and I till one o'clock. We kept in a basket. I mean. And so, yeah. Then you know what was annoying? People, what was annoying uh, about Devin? Just, just to stay on Devin for a second. I'm annoying sorry. Annoying about Devin? No. He was, what was annoying? He was so good. He was good at everything. He was yeah, so good at everything. It was so annoying. I was like, be bad at something. Just anything. Ah, drove me nuts. Drove me crazy. Like, be bad at something, please. <laughs> he, uh, yeah. He's a, he's fun. Though. He, uh, let's see. I'm trying to think. Am I supposed to say bad things about Devin? That's no, no. Well, I'm gonna. I'll here. You can comment on this. So our senior year, this is my my one of my favorite stories. At the time, it was embarrassing, but uh, you and my mother 
got together oh, yeah. when we were seniors. Your oldest kids are seniors for the first time, and you guys get together for a pie auction. And you guys planned this. Devin and I were terrified. We knew, all oh, this is not good. Our mothers are putting something together. And you guys started talking backstage with the microphone so it, you know could, people could hear you guys thinking out loud, which is funny. Anyway, you brought us on stage because you were the mothers of seniors. That. And yeah, oh, I remember this as clear as day. I still hear the screams. I still hear the nightmares. And you you put Devin and I in aprons. And, and my dad chanted from the back of the, like, day. Hey, I want to see you guys dance. We danced. Horrible nightmare. But you probably got a kick out of it. It was so fun. I don't remember talking in the back so the audience could hear it. That's an extra thing. But maybe we did. But we had so much fun planning it. And we had, we wanted to do it again. <laughs> and we... <laughs> We knew you'd be embarrassed, and that's half the fun of it. Oh, yeah. But we're also so, we were so proud of both of you. We just wanted to be part of that event with you. It was a total mom embarrassing their son's moment. Uh, It it, it was just, you guys had a microphone. There was no time limit, and it it felt like an eternity up there. And you, you didn't just get us aprons. Like, I, I, you know, if you got to cook or something, you throw something. These were the girliest aprons you guys could find. And you threw them on us. And it's just like. Your mom got the aprons. Of course she did. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That was a lot of fun. Oh, the other kids had to be like, oh, no, this is the firstborn. You know, what's in store for us? Yeah, what's in store for the next one? That's right. Uh, Talk to me. You talked plenty about Devin. Talk to me about Tawny, Ed, Dave. Colleen Tawny uh, was very shy like me would I would never get a picture with her uh she would cry she got sent out at home from nursery school because she cried too much and I had to keep her home for about a <laughs> month or two um I can remember leaving her with my parents and she would be she cried so much she just fell asleep on the floor with her head halfway in between something but on the other hand she had this luscious hair that was so curly and long that she got a lot of attention. And I, Mr. Oscar, I think was one of, he really liked Tony and Tony would go to him. And as Tony grew up, I think looking back, she was on both Indian for Devin and Tony was pretty shabby. Um, Devin had Mr. Martin and who's a wonderful John Martin coach. But when he got to A's on up, um, they just didn't have enough guys. They combined with Superior, which ended up being the best because he met Bill Ritter. And that was the great. Tawny had the same kind of thing. Indian just did not flourish. The coaches went in and out kind of thing. And I often sent her to camp by herself as the only person from her team. That broke my heart sometimes, but she's a tough little thing. And I think that helped make her personality. Um, but um she eats the inside of every casserole cake and not the crust. She'll start from the center and leave. So if you know that the middle of something is eaten, Tawny has been there. You left the trail. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And she mom's, taught Carson to do that. Um, she, she what? Oh, her, 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 her uh, nephew. Yeah. Yeah. She, Devin <laughs> um, would always say when they were younger, Tawny, what are we going to do now? She would like to think of all these ideas because Devin was a bit more hesitant to do things. Tawny rode a bike before Devin. Oh, I can't wait to make fun of him for that. That's hilarious. Uh, my husband often thought that she would have been a very strong athlete in high school, but she, since she wasn't allowed to play sports, that didn't 
happen. Sure. But she was a true competitor in CrossFit, which she mm. still tries to get back to now as her body is getting back to being normal. She's a fighter. Yeah. Eddie, I, mean, I think we talked enough about Eddie. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a, a great warrior. dad. Yeah. And <laughs> he's hilarious. Um, anyway, and he loves kids to death. So as long as he's involved with kids. Yeah. Teaching whatever. I couldn't believe he was a teacher, to be honest. <laughs> he got so many notes sent home. He was horrible. <laughs> So he knows what I to mean, look I, for. I cried at the kindergarten parent conference for Eddie. I cried. I've never cried at a parent conference. But the teacher goes, Mrs. Strada at Rio Hondo, the nicest teacher ever. She goes, I don't know if you know, but Eddie is a mess around. I go, why don't you tell me sooner? This is November. And she goes, he and this guy named JT do not listen. Let me go, I can't guess that. He stands on the tables. He takes what? the lunch thing and goes down the hall. He, I, I can't find it. Anyway, that's enough about Eddie, but he was an ex everywhere. Yeah. David would unscrew all the little things on a lamp. So we could never <laughs> turn on our lamps because he'd unscrew them. That's great. David, David would watch. He's going to hate me. He's going to hate me. One day he came in, he had his shirt off and he had gotten cream Oh boy. And he had put fake hair on his chest. <laughs> and he wanted to be like a grown-up. He was walking around. And he goes, do you notice anything different? Of course we all did. <laughs> I don't remember how old he was, but anyway, that was hilarious. But he was a, he's always a crack-up. Um, yeah. Let's see. Um, David would do things in, in school and never get in trouble. I don't, but Eddie would. Almost the same things. Because David would have a comeback and whatever. Um, David probably is my most accurate baseball thrower. We would have contests in the backyard. And yes, I would purposely win some of these to make the boys mad. Yeah. But I couldn't win very often. But anyway, <laughs> David could hit something better than Devin or Eddie. He was just a real crack shot at throwing a ball on the target. Um. Uh, Devaney and David went to kindergarten together and the teacher would constantly mix up, mix up their last names. I'd get papers home for David Davis <laughs> and she would get for Devaney Drain. I don't know if that's, that's a foreshadowing for the future. I have no idea, but that's the deal. Um, <laughs> Pauline, she was probably spoiled. She's my little sweetheart. And everyone, by the time she was born, would do everything for her. But she's very independent. She has great friendships in the Care Youth League. Strong, lot of friends everywhere. Um, good at school. Well, Devin she was so much old. Devin was so much older than her. You apart. know, yeah, yeah, so much older than. And, and I mean, he's got a real big uh, soft spot for his youngest sister, all his kids. But you know, him and uh, Colin are very, as I'm sure Mr. Drain, uh, you know, soft he spot for that girls. youngest. Yeah. Oh, he loves the girls. He's so kind to those girls. It's so yes. funny talking to Tani. Yeah. But more about Colleen. Uh, well, Colleen, Ed and Dave would creep into her room and make her eyelashes go on top of her eyes. I don't know how they did that because she has long <laughs> eyelashes. And so she ended up sleeping with one eye open and she kind of still does that today. Kind of a weird story. Um, they would, they told Colleen she was adopted. That's not true. <laughs> um, um, I don't know if she that she had she loved stuffed animals just like Eddie. Eddie had so many stuffed animals he couldn't even sleep in bed. Colleen followed in her older brother's footsteps. 
So she had small eyes and tubby toes. These are stuffed animals. So whenever she went on a trip, the boys would take the animals outside and do stuff to them, like try to burn them. They didn't oh, yeah. really do it, but they terrorized her stuffed animals. Um, <laughs> let's see. That's great. She, both girls are talented cooks. Um, Devin can't find, when he started cooking, he couldn't find anything in a paper bag. But anyway, um, <laughs> David is a really good cook. David can cook. Okay. Um, let's see. How did pizza night start? That was always a big deal. Pizza was it Wednesday nights? Is that still is that pizza, tradition continue? I had real friends. When oh. I had coach, my husband would be in charge of dinner, and he, he does breakfast. He could do breakfast. He does breakfast on holidays, Christmas Eve. He's like uh, amazing. Ah. Uh. But he says he can't do anything else. <laughs> I bought into that, so I'm not that great of a cook. But you know, yeah, that's how pizza night came up. Pizza night, I was a big deal. Oh, he was always, you know. Oh, it's pizza night at the drain. That's pizza right. Nights, come on over. <laughs> Grab a slice. That's right. <laughs> I love it. Uh, a few years ago, it feels like a few years ago, you and uh, uh, Ken Drain, you renewed your vows in in church. I remember this. I don't know why, but uh, you're one of the only. That was a long time ago. That was our 20th anniversary. Oh. We did that because I kind of always wanted to do it. But we weren't sure if Eddie was going to make it. Mm. And so um, Pam had died. I got Michelle Casares to take her spot because she was a new friend. And we just did it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think after talking to Ms. Oscar, we just felt that was something we wanted to do. That was special. That was one of uh, a very significant uh, moment. And, and, you know, wow. I, I remember I it. Yeah. I, well, no. Yeah, I mean, it was, well, you, it's something at, at care you didn't really ever see also. And yeah. so when it was like, oh, Coach Drain's renewing his vows, what's, you know, it was just, again, to see, anytime you saw that crossover, it was interesting to see Coach, family, the, all that. Like, it was always, nothing ever changed. It was all the same, you know, even though there were different worlds, but it was always, it was combined. So, yeah, that was, that was a special you moment. You kind of, I think I know what you're talking about because I grew up thinking, seeing my coach in a different light mm -hmm. as a dad or as a mom, I can see that you, that, and like, he's really come into being a grandfather too. I didn't think, you know, he's not much <laughs> for little kids, but I mean, Carson and Olivia, he just loves them. And they in turn love him. And you see a side of him. I see a side of him. You guys don't see, but sure. Um, well, he, what's uh, it like for you to be a grandparent and for oh my not just goodness. to be a grandparent? But to see, not just that, but to see your, your sons yeah. be parents, that's got to be something. It is very fun. It, I'm almost ready to retire, but not quite. I really love my job still, but there is a pull when I have to leave and like Tawny's watching them or something. But I still, I'm not quite ready to do that yet. Um, <laughs> but um, yes, um, it's fun to see some things in them. Like Olivia's loud, Eddie's loud, and he, <laughs> it's so fun to see him with a good little girl. Yeah, Devin um, Carson's a lot like Devin, being hesitant and you know checking out the scenery before I go forward. And um, Michelle's such a great mom, and man, Devin lucked out with that one for sure. And then Kaylee, you know, is just so 
our family just loves her. I mean, my relatives love her. My relatives don't like anybody. <gasps> this is going to be seen by everybody. My relatives maybe don't, you know, whatever, but they love Kaylee. Kaylee's <laughs> like brings us all together. Yeah, that's fantastic. And then the Galvans are the best. They're retired. And then you have the John and Janet Martin. So it's like amazing. So I can't see what the rest of them, if they get married, what it's going to be like. They got they got high high standards to follow there, you know, know. With, with Devin and, and Ed's wives, uh, you know, and yeah. spouses. So hey, uh, let me ask you. Uh, we'll wrap it up here soon. Yeah, but, I gotta pick up my kids, grandkids. Okay, we'll get you going. Uh, but uh, I mean, lastly, you know, I remember Mr. Drain spoke in church. You wore the green jacket one day for St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> You're very big into uh, St. Patrick's and the Irish uh, heritage that you have. Do you still do crazy stuff like uh, green green food and things? Okay, so this last year I did not, and Jeff Fairley was going to spank me because it came on a wrong day. But to be honest, yes, we try to. And my kids hate everything Irish. They hate the corned beef. They hate the cabbage. They hate potatoes. They hate the soda bread. So I had to revamp things a tad okay. for them. So, but yes, we, I give them presents still. My dad would always <laughs> give us presents, cards, you know, maybe it's money or something else, but Olivia and Carson got it, yes. So I am thinking of a new main dish, like a stew type thing, because Ooh. the corned beef and cabbage makes them cry. <laughs> but my mom likes it for my dad. The bigger thing is April Fool's. That's a big thing too. Oh, really? You're a little prankster, huh? Well, uh, I'll just tell you the grand finale of over all the years. So now I don't even have to do anything because they're afraid. But I had done so many things to them over the years, their lunches, to their friends, to their rooms. The grand finale was kids, we're just going to go out to eat at a restaurant. And so they were so excited. So we went out to eat. I had called ahead to the restaurant. And I said, for dessert, we're having milkshakes. I want you to do something to them. So they did something to those milkshakes. They put in mashed potatoes, Tabasco sauce, I don't know, green beans. But it looked good, had whipped cream and the cherry on top. Anyway, I had the best time because they ate the dinner. Everything's hunky-dory. Then we're going to dessert, milkshakes from mom. They're splurging for us. And those faces, they were so great. It was the best ever. I mean, I've done things like turn off the electricity and things like this. I've like sewn my husband's underwear together. I've done all these things. I put sugar in the salt. My husband, when we first married, I put sugar in the salt and made a baked potato because I knew he'd salt that thing. That man ate that whole potato with sugar without giving me any reaction. I was so disappointed. At Care Park this year, I made cookies and I frosted them with mashed potatoes. April Fool's Day was on a boys' day. Those stinking boys came through and ate those cookies and said they are so good. I can't believe it. Boys are terrible. Yes, yes, they are. We are. Oh, I had no idea you're such the prankster. Not a bad way to wrap this up. Mrs. Drain, this has been a pleasure going down memory lane with you and uh, sharing just a, a ton of stories. And, oh, man, the, I, deep, deep, deep love for the Drain family. Uh, oh, I do have. Matt, well, you're one of my favorites. <laughs> oh, so, thank you. So, you know, it's been a pleasure. You've grown up to be a wonderful young man. 
I'm very proud of you. Your mom is very proud of you. Thank you so much for that. I appreciate that. And uh, yeah, I, now I now I know. I just got to watch my back with all these these pranks that you pulled. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm already thinking about next year, so I got to oh, get one. Love it, Mrs. Drain. Thank you. It's been right. so much fun talking to you. All right. Have a good day. Well, I told you guys before, you know, Mrs. Drain, she has that big smile, that energy that uh, you can't help but be happy around her. And I'm really uh, happy we got to do this today and uh, embarrass her kids a little bit, talk about Mr. Drain, you know, the the uh, on the romance side of things, what he's like at home. And so that was a lot of fun. Mrs. Drain, thank you so much for coming on here. And I can't wait to get the responses from uh, the Drain kids, most notably my good friend, uh, Devin, Richard Devin Drain, that is. So uh, it's going to be, uh, they're, they're going to hate me, but it's, it's, it's fun. I like you, Mrs. Drain. I do like uh, pulling pranks and, and, you know, kind of getting one up on somebody. It's, it's always fun to, to uh, joke around and laugh a lot. And I, I can't tell you, I, I laughed a lot this episode. I can't tell you how many episodes, how much I've, uh, this is definitely an episode. I think I've laughed the most in, I'll have to go back and check the books, but what, what good times, good memories, good stories. It was, it was an absolute blast. Thank you, Mrs. Drain. And to the drain family in all seriousness, uh, nothing but love for you guys. Uh, grew up playing against Devin, played with Devin in high school. The opportunity to coach Ed uh, was close with Tawny. She was a, a year below us. And then uh, Dave and Colleen didn't get to know them very much, but I know they're, they're drains and I've heard great things about them. And uh, Mr. Drain, so, someone that's just so much influence on my life. And I, and I truly do believe, uh, I, I, I speak for most guys when I say that, uh, I still feel like I'm playing for him every, every day, you know, and I, when I need that, that kick in the rear or that, uh, or even a nice compliment, you hear coach drains voice in anything that you're doing. So it's a tribute to the man tribute to the family and to Mrs. Drain kind of running things there, uh, whether she knows it or not, she does know it. The starting five and the six man being Mr. Coach coach Ken drain there. At least that's, that's what I think of anyway. So thanks again, Mrs. Drain Uh, guys that will wrap up this week of shows. Thank you for tuning in to the get home safe podcast. As always, there's uh, plenty of ways to follow the get home safe podcast, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, our email address is get home safe podcast at yahoo.com. You can leave us a voicemail at the bottom of the episode notes. There's a link there. If you'd like to uh, submit something, just tell me, uh, tell me something or, or ask a question by any means. It's all good. Uh, there's plenty of ways to contact us. So, uh, please do so if you should so feel inclined, um, again, episodes out on Tuesdays that are just me, just me rambling away. My opinions usually about what's going on in this crazy world. And my views do not express those of, of my guests necessarily. So keep that in mind. Uh, and then on Fridays, at least for now, we're trying to do interviews like we've been doing uh, today, like we did today, uh, talking to somebody, learning about their their journey, just sharing some memories or whatever, just a one-on-one conversation usually. Uh, if you haven't done so already, please check out the Charge to Keep podcast, the official podcast of Rio Hondo Prep Football titled A Charge to Keep. Uh, it is uh, not many episodes on there now, but as we get closer to the football season, there will be a lot more content. And I may have to take a break here from the Get Home Safe podcast with interviewing guests on Fridays. I'll still have the Tuesday portion, but it may be harder here as uh, the football season kicks off and and I have to put more time into that. So that's just a heads up, but I will bring back the interviews at some point on the get home safe podcast. It might be around uh, the holidays here in, in, uh, you know, Thanksgiving and such when football season is, uh, is pretty much over. So that's kind of some, uh, some notes, some, uh, 
some uh, an outlook, a syllabus, if you will, on the uh, upcoming uh, months and such. But I really enjoy doing this podcast and talking to people like uh, Mrs. Drain and plenty of other people here that I've had the opportunity and privilege to, to chat with. But again, the Get Home Safe podcast will keep going Tuesdays for sure with just me rambling away. And we will bring back guests uh, at some point in the near future after football season wraps up. But you will get plenty of interviews on the Charge to Keep podcast with me talking specifically about real hondo prep football, recapping games and talking about the great history of one of the best football traditions in Southern California. Mrs. Drain, can't thank you enough to the Drain family. Much love to you guys. Hope to see you all very soon. Have a great weekend, everybody. Gotta love the summer, even though it's hot. Hey, can't complain about that. Life is good. Uh, no one, you don't have to, you're away from school. Uh, football season is fast approaching. That's always a great sign. And uh, plenty to be thankful for. So uh, be sure to do so and enjoy the rest of your summer. Guys, thanks for tuning in. Appreciate it. We'll be back next Tuesday, maybe Friday. We'll see. But Tuesday for sure. But guys, as always, no matter what you're doing, whether you're out on the town or rounded third base, get home safe. (laughs) 